podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Guys, I'm Sai, and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show. This is episode 120, and uh, of course, happy International Women's Day to all the female viewers and listeners of the show, and uh, indeed the channel. We have all got uh, special women in our lives, which uh, we'll get to in just a second, but of course, today's a day where we can uh, maybe say thank you and acknowledge uh, those, those wonderful women who've helped us on our journeys but uh, the show's available live on youtube facebook and twitter ace podcast nation of course home to many other great shows and series featuring top guests expert analysts and more so please give us a follow on social media subscribe to that youtube channel click the bell for notifications and uh, of course you can also get the audio versions of every single show and series we produce uh, at the usual radio and podcast platforms and if you want to keep it just football, just follow at AC Footy Show on all social media platforms. And uh, that will streamline your experience. But uh, just as we do wait for those platforms to fill up a little bit, uh, Black Diamond Sports is a global sports agency which represents sports stars around the world. For more information, you can visit their social media pages and their website. And uh, I'd just like to thank them for their support around the show and the, the channel and everything else. And of course, today's sponsor, as ever, uh, Bespoke Financial. And uh, Dan Ralston of Bespoke Financial is uh, giving away a free will worth £140 with every new policy which is taken out. So please check him out and uh, give him a call. Don't miss out on what is an incredible offer. He's looked after Andy with various policies over the years, including the critical illness and the injury cover. Uh, they are truly top of their field. They provide award-winning service. And uh, we are very proud to partner with such a brand. And we thank them for sponsoring the show. And uh, we might have a little word from them a bit later on, a little ad. But uh, with no further ado, no delay, first of all, I'd like to introduce my co-host with the most. He is the goal collector, the fox in the box, the speed demon, ex-Cardiff City and Middlesbrough striker. And of course, David Jones' favourite son. It is Mr Andy Campbell. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, excited for this one. This is um, uh, this is uh, a show with a guest who, uh, who I didn't get much change out of when I played against him a couple of times when uh, when we came uh, out, pitted our wits against each other. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to digging deep. 
And I'm sure I'm sure our guest might have played under Dave Jones as well. I'm sure. I'm quite sure. No, no. I'm quite yeah, sure. We'll have that conversation. Quite Definitely. sure. But um, I am very excited to welcome tonight's guest. He's an ex-Norway international, not Denmark, who started his <laughs> career at Norwegian club Brann before becoming a club legend at Southampton. It is another. Uh, it is an honour, sorry, to welcome another legend of the game, in Mr. Klaus Lundik van to the show. How are you, Klaus? I'm very well, guys. Thank you very much for uh, for joining you on the show. Uh, it's a it's a pleasure. That's great, Klaus. Great to get, great to give you time. You know, I've um, I've been hounding you for a few weeks to try and get you on. So it's uh, it was time well spent. It's uh, you know, but like like I said earlier on, though, it's like um, it's great to talk about um, careers uh, about about players that you played against because when you come up against a player, um, you don't really get chance to speak to them. You don't really get chance to get to know them or. Or, or anything, you just play against them, and then you go back on the bus, or you travel up and down the country, and it's just you, 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 you ships in the night, and it's um, it's really nice. I'm like a super fan doing this show because it's I get to speak to um, all sorts of current ex players, and it's 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 great to get the insight of what it was like to be a player at different clubs under different managers, different years yeah, as well, isn't it? Yeah, like we've had um, we've had players from the 90s the 2000s we've had current players we've had players um of course jim jim platt who played in like the 70s and 80s we had Derek mm. brazil like so many different eras and it's interesting to hear how you know how things have changed whether it's the media side of the things how the game's changed how coaching has changed how attitudes have changed to certain things i find it fascinating obviously you're an ex-player yourself andy but for me you know i'm like a kid in a sweet shop mate i'm, I'm just a football fan who's kind of fallen into it, you know, through a friendship with you. And then when we've just kind of done this and grown this and we're very lucky, it's, uh, it's really cool. But um, Klaus, what we like to do to start us off is um, just to, to break the ice a little bit, get to let the, the viewers get to know you a little bit and your tastes is uh, something called, we call the Magnificent Seven, which is uh, just seven quick fire questions. And uh, you just uh, give the first answer which comes to mind. Nothing too strenuous, although I do... Do throw in a little, a little grenade here and there sometimes, but um, yeah, looking at them, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Um, but uh, let's uh, let's get going. Okay, Klaus Lundek van the Magnificent Seven. Nice and easy to start. Denmark or Norway? No, I'm, I'm only joking. Um, That's a great opening question. No. Um, uh, Messi or Ronaldo? Yeah. Messi. Uh, Favourite TV show? Only Fools and Horses. Oh, I like that. Do you know what? Do you know what? We've never had that either. 100, 100, 100 shows, 100 plus shows. I never love it. Love yeah, it. Never had it. I love classic. the British comedy. Absolute classic. classic. We'll have to talk some British comedy a bit later, I think, then. Um, Letitia or Shearer? Of course, my good friend, Letizia. Yeah, a genius. Uh, Absolute genius. Uh, Bran, Bran or Southampton? <laughs> uh, no, I did. Uh, Sorry, it's horrible, so, it, it, Yeah, yeah. It's definitely Southampton. Uh, obviously, playing there professionally over 12 years, is, it's, um, it's a massive achievement, but also... 
connecting to the club, connecting to the supporters and, and uh, be a part of the whole sort of family club as Southampton are. It, it was a, a wonderful time of, uh, of, uh, of my life. So um, Southampton is, uh, means a lot to me. Okay. Uh, best manager you ever played under? Oh, uh, well, I've quite a few to pick pick from, uh, about 10 or 12. Uh, I would say the most, um, I, I think I learned something from every one of them uh, in a good and a not so good way. Uh, but I would say Gordon Strachan. I think the Gordon Strachan, what he did with uh, the squad of players we had uh, when he was there, uh, was quite, yeah, quite, uh, quite wonderful. Hmm. Excellent. Uh, angriest teammate? <laughs> That's quite a few. Uh, mm-hmm. Angriest teammate? Uh, we had a Australian player playing for us for a few years, uh, named Robbie Slater. Yeah, if you if you remember him, Gingerhead, uh, Gingerhead, were you? Gingerhead, yeah. that's correct. Yeah, yeah. and uh, this was the first first couple of years I came over. Uh, Graham Soon has bought me, and uh, he he liked to join in the five aside as well. So we um, we had sort of punch ups and fights and training every week. Mm-hmm. So um, and Robbie Slater was <laughs> was all was always the one with uh, yeah a bit of anger issues. Yeah, oh, a great lad, a great lad. Yeah. And um, the final question is, as ever, uh, who is, in your opinion, the greatest Norwegian man who's ever lived? Doesn't have to be football related, can be anyone. Uh, The greatest Norwegian man, I'm tempted to say my mum, because she, uh, and my my mum, my grandmother, has been so influential in my life um, but in a bigger scale obviously looking at Norway as, as a whole uh, I would say the Norwegian king because his values of life and his his sort of uh, yeah laid back style of what's important in life is it's it's uh, it's very impressive and uh, he's, he's a very good king that's um, genuine that's really very interesting genuine. I like that I so it was was refreshing though. Is 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 the downfalls that we're all um, witnessing firsthand at the minute? What's going on in the world? Mm. That we're we're seeing all the negatives, and we we do, we never hear about the positives. We never hear about the people who've got the good things to say about people who are in charge of the countries, and that's really refreshing. And that's something that um, I'd like to see more in the UK, um, from mm. England, from Wales, and from Scotland. Um, but at the minute, all we seem to do is get the negatives because of the press. I do blame the press for quite a lot, by the way. You know, I mean the media and things, but. Um, it is nice to hear some high-profile people say some really good stuff about people. That's really nice. Thank you. Um, Klaus, you mentioned um, your mum and your grandmother who've had um, a massive effect on your career, your life. And um, one thing I did want to do, obviously it is, uh, it's International Women's Day today, and I did want to take just you know 30 seconds each to maybe talk about uh, women who've had an effect on our, our lives, our careers, or whatever it may be. And just kind of reflect on that because uh, I feel like everyone has got that uh, that influent, influential woman behind them in, in some form in some part of their life. Um, Andy, what? Uh, who's that? Who would that be for you? Do you think? Uh, I definitely, my mum. Uh, my mum 
is the person that is the reason why I'm I'm, I'm the person who I am today. Um, you know, driven me, um, you know what I mean, both physically to to to, to be a footballer, um, and then fit mentally as well to to be the person that I am as, as strong as I am for for all the good things that come out of football. There's always the negatives as well, and you know what I mean. If it wasn't for the right people behind me, like me mum, I wouldn't be the kind of person I am today. And I'll also mention my three girls as well because my three daughters are. Are the people what keep pushing me again to, to this day to, to be the best that I can be as well. So, you know what I mean? The next generation of international women, you know what I mean, for me as well. Mm, absolutely. And Klaus, what about you? Well, it's, just, it's a bit the same like Andy, really. Um, my mother and my grandmother is, like I said, uh, been uh, two mother figures in my life that has been so influential uh, in pure... Uh, in so not only supporting me but uh giving me uh, the childhood this sort of upbringing the the right values and and that's been life-saving for me um after after football really when i when i had to find myself again uh when i was struggling uh, i think those sort of um those values and uh, kept me kept me grounded and, and thought about uh those two uh, women in my life, and also my my two uh, my two daughters. Obviously, they uh, my oldest daughter is uh, is is becoming up to twenty two now, but she's she's uh, a daddy's girl through and through, and uh, I'm I'm so close to my daughters, and I'm I'm really happy about that. So uh, yeah, I got some wonderful uh, women in my life. Yeah, fab, fab. Yeah, my um my mum put up with a lot when I was younger, like a teenager and stuff, I had, like, my dad died when I was a teenager and then stuff, you know, I struggled a bit, as you do, and then I that continued into my 20s. Um, my mum kept me going, and my brother as well, but, like, me particularly, she really kept going, and she put up with a lot, and I used to come home from the pub, like, every night, and she would just allow me to sit on the end of her bed and just ramble about everything which was on my mind every night without fail, and she really got me through. And then I met my wife. And two weeks after I got married, we I had a car crash, as you know most people know. And uh, I had sort of life-changing injuries. And she got me through that. And she still does to this day. So I'm very, very privileged that I've got two amazing women constantly. Uh, not putting up with any rubbish from me, shall we say. And they, uh, they keep me on the straight and narrow. But uh, yeah, there we go. Is, great answers. Is what it is, mate. Yeah, yeah great answers. It's important, mate. Yeah, great answers. Important. So we've already got uh, lots of questions, but yeah, we're going to get to that so, a bit so later. I'm going to start with uh, something that Klaus said earlier on. Um, he spoke about connections and spoke about um, the importance of connections with supporters, Klaus. So how how important to this day is it um, that you're, that you, the, the positive connection you made with supporters at, at Southampton with the Saints fans because. Everyone um, who's who's seen what you've gone through, everyone who, who who's seen you during your career, um, says good things about you, which is really pleasing to see and hear. Obviously, from your point of view, from everyone else's point of view, but it's it's always nice that people say good things about you, right? Well, yeah, obviously it is. Uh, but um, for me to connect with the supporters uh, as I did over over so many years and. And uh, being a part of uh, a Premier League club is massive. Uh, but I think every part of the club, uh, if, if it's the kit man or whoever, uh, I think everyone should be equal uh, in, in a way and be, 
be uh, recognized uh, in a club and I, I'm, I'm that sort of guy I, uh, uh, I want to look after every, everyone and I, I think my connection with um, the club staff, everyone around it and the supporters uh, who supported me for so many years uh, and given up their free time and, and, and paying a lot of money to come and, and, and watch her play I think, um, yeah, that's one of the, for me, uh, the most humbling part of, of football, um, to to be idolised, but to give something back. That it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's so important. And, and every year we went to the general hospital and to, uh, to charities and, uh, and, and helping out uh, ill children or, or children with uncurable uh, on, on cancer. And, and you put life in perspective how, how bloody lucky we are. Uh, and I think while playing, that's very, very important to, to recognize. Um, yeah. So that's why I say the, the, the sort of uh, connection with not only your teammates and, and uh, the dressing room, which is the the, the essence of, of the club, but mm. every uh, everyone, all the stewards who come to the game and everyone involved in the club is as important for me as as any as, as the one who, who scores and, and win the games for you. I totally agree. Klaus, you mentioned there about, um, about going to... Uh, the hospital and seeing supporters and and and, and giving all giving that back and giving that time back. Um, I remember the first time I did it in Middlesbrough, and I was very young. I was very immature. Um, I wasn't ready for it uh, in so many ways. I don't think. And it was probably only when I when I went to Cardiff and we did the same thing. Uh, we, we it changed a little bit. Um, I'd obviously had a, a young daughter myself, uh, and it changed my perspective on on life and changed the way that. Um, I looked at those kids. Um, it made me feel as though I, I felt guilty in a way that I was enjoying such a privileged life. I was at home with the family at Christmas. Um, footballers always whinge about being busy at Christmas, um, not spending enough time at home at Christmas. You know what I mean? For me, the norm, since I was 16 years old, since I left school, the norm has been to work on Christmas Day. And probably only to the last three or four years have I had Christmas Day off. And it's always been a work day. And that's not me... I want anyone to feel sorry for me. I loved it. I'll be honest. I loved it. If it was either travelling down the motorway or it was opening presents at stupid o'clock um, and then going to training and and playing. The, the the main focus on Christmas Day was the game tomorrow. You know what I mean? The Boxing Day game and it was and and until um, and when when that stopped, I really missed it. And you know what I mean? And 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 it always had a part to play. You know what I mean? It always had the the the, the, the run up. That's that's um, giving things out. Um, going to schools, going to hospitals, giving things out to kids, having kids come over for autographs to seeing Santa. It was just such a, a memorable time. And that's one thing that I do miss about, about football is the, is the enjoyment they gave everyone back at Christmas because attendances were always bigger as well. And it was, it was just such a good time to play football. Well, that's, that's what it's all about, Andy. And I think looking back today, obviously you, you, you're in the heat and you're in the bubble yeah, of performing every day, 24-7. But to, to recognise how lucky we are, uh, and obviously uh, all these sort of festive times with Christmas and that, uh, it's uh, me being Santa Claus, obviously it's in my name. It's... Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's um, Without giving something back, to put this in perspective, how bloody lucky we are. We are whinging, yeah, we are um, 
always we are as as footballers but uh, yeah. even though we are so incredibly lucky to uh, earn a lot of money of what we uh, love to do so uh, to give something back and to to be involved and be genuine about yourself and uh going around to, to give presents at hospitals or, or uh, have a speech at, at some school for, for people who idolises you. That, uh, it should be compulsory in every club. Yeah, I, to- I, to- I totally agree. And, and, and I think it's uh, more of an um, experience thing, you know what I mean, that the, that the captain decides or does it and, and, and passes it down. It's so important, Si, because it's, mm. I, I, that's, where you connect, yeah, that's where you get the connection. You know what I mean? You get your connection with the supporters because you give, you give something back. You know what I mean? It's not for everybody. I understand that. But it's so important to, to be available to give something back because fans are key. Without, and, and, and especially now, now I've noticed, without any fans at football, now more than ever, we need all them supporters back. And if that's young fans, old fans, um, you know what I mean? We just need fans back in. And, 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 that, and uh, the difference, Klaus, what I see nowadays with football being a business um, and football fans and players, the link and, and the togetherness is so far apart now, it's scary. You know what I mean? I bet when you came, yeah. when you came over um, from Brann and signed for Southampton at the, at the, at the Dell, which is a, an iconic stadium itself, you, you had a good link with the supporters. You'd see the same fans at the training ground, at the ground. You know, I mean, now players, they, 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 they get the bus to games, home games. They don't link with supporters. For me now, it's such a shame that they don't get that opportunity to do that because they're missing out, in my opinion. Well, I totally agree, Andy. I, I, I think looking back and, and obviously knowing the game today as well, it's, it's, it's one of the, the, the saddest part of football today, uh, in my opinion, that um, all, all these people with so many icons, so many footballers who are superstars, they are like rock stars today. And, uh, and, and, and rightly so, they earn so much money and, and, and they are extremely good at what they do. But they are still human beings, and and I I think um, to lose the connection with the players as a supporter is a bad thing. It it it's not good. And and every training we had when I came to Southampton, we had school classes. We had a lot of people there, kids. Every training, who 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 could touch us, who could uh, get an autograph, could get a picture with us, uh, and we were always there for for the supporters, for the close sort of uh, fan base of Southampton. Uh, nowadays, you, you can't touch these superstars. And, and they straighten the bus or they stay in the car or whatever. Yeah, they do some charity work and they, uh, they do, uh, the, the clubs do some great work. Uh, but I, I, I miss that sort of uh, connection to the supporters because, because I think it's, it's so incredibly important to, to the supporters who pay a lot of money to come and watch you every week to have mm. that connection because then you will bond to your supporters in a different way. How do you, so how do you, how do you, how do you, be, how do you get an idol? How do you get a, how do you get a favorite? How do you get a hero if you can never meet him? You know what I mean? You can no, see exactly. them on the pitch, but you, you know what, what I mean? mean? For me, I'm, I'm Bernie Slavin's my all-time. He, listen, I, I love the fella. I still talk to him to this day because I'm. I, because he's my hero, you know what I mean. But I, I, I went to Weston Park. I used to watch all the games at Middlesbrough. I'd go at the, every time I got this opportunity with my dad, we would, we would go and watch a game because I just loved Bernie. I loved everything about him, and and to, to, to class him as a friend now is just it's just surreal. But I would hate not ever to have met my idol and my hero, and that's just such mm. a that's such a shame, you know what I mean? Because people deserve to meet idols, heroes. You know what I mean? The Southampton players now they're all superstars in the in the school school boys and girls. 
heads and and visions and they want to idolize and emulate what they're doing how are they going to do that if they're not never being able to to get close to them and, and, and meet them it's such such a shame well that's what i'm it's saying it's it's the one of the saddest part of the game today i i think and i really mean that because uh, it costs so little for for the players to to give something back and connect yeah. with the supporters connect with the town with with the, the heart of the club uh and uh, and I think, yeah, um, like you said, Andy, it's it's, uh, it's a sad, uh, sad thing in the game uh, at the moment. But uh, well, obviously, the clubs and, and the players they, they do great stuff. Uh, don't get me wrong, but uh, mm. I think that connection with the supporters for me was incredibly important. Well, this side, this is what we, this is why we set this up because we we, we did a show just with just the two of us, and during lockdown, and um, we spoke to a couple of people who were struggling. Um, and they wanted. They asked us if could we get a certain player on. So we, we did. We got that certain player on for, for people and for us to to have a, have a chat. And then we thought, you know what? There's other people asking for other players, and there's there's other people who who see people on social media, which is great. Um, but they'd like to see them. They'd like to hear them. They'd like to ask them a question. And and it's just it gives people an opportunity to see people in their real life situation, their in person, that they are a normal person and a nice person as well. Because you know what I mean. Footballers get such a such tarnished with a bad name, you know what I mean? There are some, there are some nasty ones and not, not, not nice ones out there, you know what I mean, um, in my opinion. Um, but there's also a lot, and I mean a lot, of lovely, genuine, kind-hearted footballers who, who, who don't get that opportunity to get that point across. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. show your true self and show your, uh, your, you're as humble as, as, as any, anyone else. Uh, why should you uh, distance yourself from from your surroundings, from your supporters, or, or anyone else, you are the same person, and you mm. you are as deadly as anyone else. And and, and and to show that, I think it's important for the yeah. the, the supporters to uh, to uh, to see that you you, you uh, you're just a, a normal person. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I've 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 hugged you for far too long here, by the way. There's about it's all right, no, there's it's, a number of questions. I'm like a kid in the sweet yeah, shop, like yeah. you said earlier. I'm, it's amazing. I love this. But like a couple of things I wanted to pick up on. Um, the first thing I was thinking of was like you mentioned earlier in the show, Andy, that um, about the media is very negative, and like you do hear about all the bad things that footballers do, like having parties in lockdown or all the different rumours about their private lives. But what you you don't see in the papers is the hospital visits and stuff like that, which I think is unfortunate because people do want to see that. But equally, I think a lot of that is probably organised by the clubs rather than the players. I know Gareth Bale does like a lot of stuff over Christmas and things like that. But like back in the day, like when I was growing up, like even Cardiff, who's in the championship now, the players are quite, you know, you can get an autograph or something at the after the games and stuff like that. But like compared to what it was when I was growing up, there is a big gap. Like football clubs used to be about the communities around them, even the big clubs. But now I don't feel like that so much. I feel like, like you, you guys mentioned, like the gaps got bigger and bigger, which is a shame. And I think football as a whole, I'm hoping, is going to realise over this past year how important the fans are. Because what you're seeing is, it's already having an effect on the pitch without fans. There's all sorts of results. Big teams are struggling without their fans. Some teams are not struggling without their fans, but some are. And I think... Like I've told the story about when I stopped going to watch Cardiff City after the rebrand, during the period I stopped going, my habits changed on a Saturday. So when 
I went to go back, my habits were very different and I've never gone back to go in every Saturday and every week. And people might have changed their habits when fans are allowed to come back in. Don't get me wrong, you know, 90% of fans are all going to go back to their season tickets and go in every week. But you will lose some fans just because they'll get used to doing other things. So it's natural side. It's natural thing. Yeah. as a whole has got to be careful for me that they don't further isolate fans more by doing things like put the prices up because you know football clubs are struggling with money because of lockdown. Don't punish the fans for that because mm. I feel like it's like uh, what's the word? It's like finely balanced at the moment. Football and fans and the the relationship with the fans. Because you have to pay so much money just to watch it on TV, for instance. Yeah. The fans are always I, I, the last to be thought of. I, I totally agree, Si. And I, I, it, it's great to hear. And I, I think it's very important. But I would like to say, though, uh, I've, been, I've been privileged and I've, I've been lucky to be in a club that has been uh, all about uh, taking care of each other. Uh, mm. I think Southampton, uh, as a club, I, I, obviously I can't, I don't know the inside of the club today, uh, but obviously I've got friends in the club and um, and follow them as, as much as I can. But for me, when I was there uh, for the 14 years I was involved with the club, uh, it's always been known as a family club, looking after each other. And I think Southampton uh, are one of the clubs. Uh, I can't really uh, sort of... Um, uh, put them up against each other, but Southampton do do a great job in the community, and they mm. they do uh, a fantastic job through their uh, their foundation and uh, and everything they're involved in, and, and also now they they they, lo- they launched a project uh, calling um, Mental Health and Wellbeing Project, which which is very very important and should have been in the game twenty years ago, if you ask me. So. Uh, I've been I've been lucky to be in a club. I would say, uh, even though I can't compare other clubs, uh, that has been uh, some of the the structure values is to look after each other as a, as a family club. Sorry, I'm going to let um, you, you get some questions from the viewers. Just to, I just want to pick up on this. Cause I, I don't think we can let it go. That um, Klaus, you just mentioned there about uh, a new initiative, which um, the Saints, obviously Southampton Football Club, have. Um, I just starting. You said that it should have, it should have been in place um, twenty years ago, but that's not that's that's, that's in football in general. I, I also believe that. Uh, but can you tell everybody what it is and what's what's going to be involved and who's involved? Well, uh, who's involved is is uh, is not really. Uh, uh, it, it's coming from the club, obviously, and there's something um, very important for the club, uh, as I understand, and obviously I'm. I don't know every every part of it. I don't know uh, all the structure of it, and and uh, but obviously the club is is um, putting resources together and people, uh, very qualified people together to to uh, put out a, a mental health uh, team, a strategy, uh, a project that will uh, take care of the mental health uh, side of things in the whole club. Uh, that means the players, the staff, the fans, everyone uh, around it, and I think that is in in today's society is 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 crucial. Uh, everything we talked about when we when I was playing, and what they talk about today is performing, performing, performing. Mm. Uh, we had so many sports psychologists in, and uh, 
visualization guys who who were sort of doing great work, uh, but it was always um, performing, doing the best every Saturday. But to do that, I think being the 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 physical side of things, yes, that's very important. You need to be fit. You need to. Uh, to be at your best physically, uh, to perform every Saturday. But during every season and during your career, you will meet uh, some struggles. You will meet a depression. You will meet an injury, a long-term injury. You will meet loss in your family or whatever. Uh, and to have something to come to then uh, and have the openness in the club um, because it's so much stigma and so much taboo around this area about mental health and addiction uh, that to break that down and, and actually have have something in place inside the club that um, everyone understand and everyone is is um, uh, sort of uh, they they know they can come to without losing faith or, or losing yeah. face or or or, uh, or or talk about difficult things uh, about their mental health. That is that is crucial. Uh, and for it's me, phenomenal, to, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, to be involved in in this and, and and obviously using my life experience. Obviously, I've I've played uh, twenty years professionally football. I, I know what's required. I know I've, I've been in the game and. and and uh, I've met my struggles during when I was playing. I find it very hard, especially Christmas time and, and uh, January, February. Uh, I was crying on, on the away trip on, on the way to the game because my body was hurting so badly. Um, and, and, and those sort of things, is, is, you can't really talk about them at, at the time. But to have something so open in the game, that will be fantastic. And... and um, yeah, that's why I'm so thrilled and so excited about uh, my club, Southampton, is, is taking this very mm. serious and, and uh, launching this project. Klaus, how important is it then to have an ex-player doing it? You know what I mean? Yes, you've, you've got the experiences of, of what, what you've been through personally, but having an ex-player, because you just spoke about there about, um, about, about how, you thought, how you felt sorry, after games, you know what I mean, the, the, the mental side, during, before and after. You know what I mean, having an ex-player who's been there, wore the T-shirt, played for his country, played in the Premier League, played for numerous managers, been very successful, that as a young player, I know that it's a safe place. I know that every question that I want to ask mm. as a footballer, you're going to have the answers for it because um, I know how I'm going to feel because you're going to tell me that 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 this is this is normal. Um, after 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 a defeat, after a game, after a bad couple of performances, after a bad injury, a uh, long-term injury, um, you've been there. You've wore the t-shirt. I think it's so important that that players, uh, sorry, clubs utilise ex-players and old players and players who who've got a history with that club to help the younger players because until you've been in that situation of having an injury. Is is not is no it's not a nice it's not a nice thing you know what I mean I I I I know you is it an ankle injury what 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 finished you Yeah it was uh, it was an ankle injury I um I had surgery on I ended up having surgery four times on it uh, to have a, a a normal ankle to live with uh, really but yeah. obviously I I remember that as as it was yesterday when when yeah. uh, when my career was was over and I thought that was pretty well prepared uh, I'm quite a clever guy I'm sort of uh, 
yeah, I always looked after myself, and I, I, I thought uh, my childhood and everything was in play. I, I, I thought I was ready for retirement, but I wasn't. I wasn't at all. And what hit me um, was a was a, a black hole of depression. Uh, yeah. And and what I missed was what's what we're talking about is is the dressing room, is is the togetherness, the sort of feel of purpose and, and something to get up to every morning and, and that was taken away from me and I, 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 I couldn't deal with it and I, I made some, some bad decisions uh, but I'm, uh, I'm sat here today being through hell and back a few times um, I've tried to uh, end my life twice I, I've, I've been really really down for, for many many years with depression and, uh, and some mental health issues so uh, but uh, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing today. Uh, yeah. And it's so rewarding to do what I'm doing today. And, and, and working in the field of, of mental health and addiction uh, uh, problems is, is uh, to give something back and, and to have that knowledge and experience. Uh, because, like you said, Andy, you've been there, you've done it, you know, you can recognize. And for the mm. youngsters today to listen to, to uh, to me, compared to a psychologist, this is is probably uh, going to be totally totally different because 100%. I can I, I can actually uh, feel what they're going through at the yeah. moment, and, and yeah. I think that's very important to now, utilize as a club. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree. It's it's like I, I remember when the when the specialist told me I was I was in Sheffield. I had to drive drive, drive to Sheffield and draw back to Middlesbrough. Um, I remember that like it was yesterday. It was the worst car journey of my life, driving back there on my own. And I, I remember word for word that, that being told that you're not going to play football again. And nothing ever gets you ready for it. And still to this day, for six for six to nine months, um, nobody reached out to me. Nobody helped me out. Um, I've I've been uh, a huge advocate all my playing career of the PFA until I had to pack in uh, football. And I don't think they did enough. For me, I don't think they do a lot. I do, sorry, I don't think they do enough uh, for people who come out of the game. That transition from coming out of the game um, to doing something else is is drastic. You know what I mean? From mm. one minute you're getting paid, the next minute you're not, and it's not about money. Uh, one minute you're playing football, which you love, the next minute you can't. Impossible. Um, one minute you you you're with somebody, the next minute you're not. All these kind of things can really get to people and like you said Claire Klaus if you've got nobody to talk to um, some people aren't lucky as me that I had, I had, a, I had a family around me um, I, had, I had a lot of good, good friends around me I, I didn't take the right paths um, I didn't make the right choices but um, like you I, I, I was fortunate that I came up the other end um, and, and, and worked hard to get where I've got now which, which has taken probably more work and more effort um, I'm a big advocate now of education. I left school with absolutely zero. I was I was rubbish. I didn't try because I had this dream of being a footballer, and I thought this footballer dream lasts forever. And once you're a footballer, you don't work again, um, because this is the kind of thing that you hear. Um, these kind of Royal Rovers stuff, this fairy tale, and unfortunately, it's it's not the case. And you need somebody to speak to people, players, young players, players who are just about in that transition, who are thinking about packing in, or players who might get going go and go to training or go on a Saturday and get injured. It's it's such a cutthroat industry where, um, you know what I mean, it, t- every time you cross that white line, uh, I understand it, it's, it's a cliche, but it could be your last time that you play football. And it's such a, such a shame. It, 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 it's like um, uh, when I wrote a book, and obviously it was published in 2015, it's only in Norwegian, unfortunately, but 
I, I'm describing actually that moment when I'm stood there in, in my testimonial game against Celtic uh, at the St. Mary's with with everyone there. It was about 20,000 people there just for me. Uh, that just illustrates everything uh, what I was about. And I was so proud and, and, and humble, um, happy, proud and, 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 and thankful for everything I've uh, sort of achieved as a footballer, uh, but what when the floodlights was gone, when that night was over, uh, it's it's exactly like you said, Andy. It's 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 um, it's a fall that you can't really uh, prepare yourself for, uh, but you could you could certainly talk about it, and you can certainly advise people what you. Uh, experienced yourself and I think that's very very important to utilize today because uh, if there's one thing I would say which is the most important thing uh, is to find something meaningful to do uh, um, to get you up every morning to to, yeah. to have some uh, uh, that fulfills your day uh, whatever it, it doesn't matter because you, the money you got in the bank you got Three cars in the, in the driveway. You got a wonderful house. I had a race boat in in Miami, a sailboat in Norway. I had everything, but I was incredibly depressed. I, I was I was crying every day, and I I, I couldn't get out of it. Um, and then obviously taking the wrong choices and and uh, taking alcohol and drugs into my life uh, made it just um, yeah. Uh, unbearable and and for me after under a year uh, it became to life and death for me and uh, luckily I'm, I'm i'm sitting there today but uh, after so many years of of struggles i now uh, obviously had had many great years and and uh, doing what i do i, I love it and uh, and uh, that's why i'm i'm so excited to give something back uh, at this scale of of uh, of the football because the football is going to be always the, the love uh, love of yeah. my life. No, you should be you should be extremely proud proud close of. Um, you know, I mean, there's loads of positive comments which we are going to go to. I really apologise to everybody, by the way. I, I, I keep on stealing everybody's thunder. Uh, but Klaus, one last question for me before we do go to some of the viewers' questions. Um, how important is it to to tell a story? You know what I mean? Because you've done you've done a few interviews and you and you and, you, and you've told people about your experiences. How how important uh, mentally is it to help you? Um, recover from this by, by telling your story? Well, I, I think for me, obviously I can only speak for myself, but I, I, I think for me to be completely honest, uh, open and, and honest about my uh, life experience with drugs and with alcohol, with mental health and, and with my depression, the, the, all the struggles I went through has, has definitely helped me, without a doubt. But to... Uh, to actually stand there and, and, and tell a whole country, five million people in Norway overnight that um, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a drug addict. Um, it, it requires some, some guts to do that. And, um, mm, totally I, agree. I think uh, looking back today, I wouldn't have done anything different. Um, uh, because I, I, I think being a high profile person or, or player, whatever you do, uh, I think the openness uh, will help you. It's helped me without a doubt. But uh, 
what's rewarding for me today is is what I can do uh, to influence others um, and to, to help others with with the experience and with the knowledge I've got today is 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 the most rewarding thing uh, about it. But uh, it was incredibly tough to to obviously to face it and and to be completely honest and uh, and uh, about it. But I wrote a. Uh, a very honest and, and open book about it, uh, my life in football, my life outside football, um, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm sort of explained everything in in that. I'm uh, I'm hoping that will be translated into England one day. I was just about I'm just about to ask that. Is it is it is it in the pipeline? Is there a possibility? Because I, I know well, uh, one person right here would would absolutely love to read that. Yeah, I certainly hope that 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 will happen. But obviously, it's it's quite a few years that uh, uh, this came out. But it was uh, it was a great success because of the openness uh, in the book. But um, um, they couldn't come to an agreement. The uh, the booking ca- company uh, they wanted too much money to uh, translate it. But obviously. Um, I will try and push it on to uh, to somebody who can uh, willingly, um, yeah, have a percentage of of translate it and and give it out in English. That will be uh, that will be great because it's, sounds like um, a plan. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, right. So I get some questions because I'm getting dogs abuse in the group chat. Be by the way. <laughs> uh, Rob Boyle says, uh, "Who was your favourite centre back partner?" Uh, I had a few. Um, mm. When I came to the club, I had Ken Monkow. Ken Monkow was, an, uh, was an animal. An animal. He was a beast, yeah. Mm. Um, and uh, Dean Richards, rest in peace. He, yeah. he, he was a wonderful player, absolutely. I think uh, the connection we, we two had, obviously... Uh, he made a move to to Tottenham uh, with Glenn Hoddle at the time, and uh, I I will never never forget that because when he signed for Tottenham, he two days later he phoned me up and said, "Klaus, thank you very much," um, and and that uh, gave me such pleasure for him to to get that move because we 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 were a great partnership. Um, but saying that, I think obviously my Scandinavian uh, colleague Michael Svensson uh, was probably the best partnership we had at Southampton for uh, for for many many years, uh, and we were voted the the best uh, centre half partnership for a couple of years when we were playing together. So, uh, and that was also on the Gordon, Gordon Strachan. So, uh, if if I'm going to choose one, it will be have to be uh, Michael. Michael Svensson. What makes what makes a good partnership in in a centre forward duo, Klaus? I think it's it's all about understanding. Uh, it's recognizing your strengths and weaknesses, and and to fu- to fulfil those uh, each other. Um, and I think at the time we had a great back four, uh, and that unit of a back four with a goalkeeper and the understanding we had uh, between us, because we played every game, um, we had luckily no injuries, so we had that back four plus Anthony Amy behind us in every game, and we had that for two seasons straight. That's why. Uh, 
was the main part of we we connected so well. And Michael Michael was a, a beast. Everyone hated to play against him. He, he was so uh, upfront, so tough, and he was uh, a nightmare to play against uh, for all for all strikers. I was different. I was all the more I was laid back, but I was more sweeping up. I was more clever in my positioning to uh, to pick up pieces uh, around Michael, and I could play. I could uh, take the ball forward, and uh, I got the nickname Silky because uh, I could could handle the ball. <laughs> Not many, not, not not many players. I, I'm not. I'm not I, this probably going to come across a little bit disrespectful, but you, you hear all the players now that they can come out with the ball, a Rio Ferdinand, a John Stones, etc. But there was there was players back back in the day that, that, that we played that, that the players could still play, but they didn't get the recognition that the players get now. No, true, true. Because we didn't play because we well, didn't play out because we didn't play out from the back, I guess. Yeah, well, I think in, in today's football, it's it's uh, it's. Yeah, obviously it's necessary. If you're going to be a good centre-half today, you need to have uh, technical abilities. And uh, But in, in, in our days, uh, it, was, it was quite rare. Mm. Um, Donna Perry says, uh, did you think when you played with Gareth Bale at Southampton that he would become the international superstar that he has? Um not maybe the uh, the extent of obviously uh, being the the most expensive player going to Real Madrid, but uh, Gareth was was uh, such a humble um, uh, sort of shy guy, uh, but he had something special. We we uh, and I saw that very early. He he had something in his game, and he was so determined and so uh, dedicated to. Um, to be the best he, he could, uh, he was always the one of one of the kids staying behind 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 every training and and still practice. Um, and I think his dedication was there with with an unbelievable talent. And his left foot, obviously, he he started his career as as left back for Southampton. Um, and uh, we we produced quite a few left backs actually. With <laughs> looking back, with uh, Luke Shaw, Wayne Bridge, and uh, a few others. So uh, now Gareth had something special, and we saw that when he was uh, fourteen, fifteen. Absolutely. Southampton have uh, Southampton have brought through some some unbelievable young players, haven't they? You, you've just obviously named oh, some left backs. You've got your you've got your Theo Walcott. Yeah, and I was lucky you know? enough to be there when when that yeah. happened. Uh, because we had a we had a French co uh, coach uh, from Lyon, um, who was who was probably yeah the best uh, sort of academy coach I've seen, and what he did with the academy at the time he was there I think he was there about uh, ten twelve years uh, produced all these plays um, and uh, like you said Gareth Bale Theo Walcott Nathan Dyer Gary Monk uh, Oxford Chamberlain Luke Shaw and and it, it's so many. Uh, coming through the ranks, and that's that's been one of the uh, the most important things for Southampton. Is it's been the academy is to produce produce their own players, and and uh, and uh, for some years, after, obviously, when we uh, got relegated and uh, the financial part of the club was uh, in disarray, we 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 couldn't afford to uh, to keep it up. But now it's obviously back on uh, the agenda, and we we put a lot of money into the academy to still produce uh, our own players. 
Yeah, the Good Southampton. I would think that the <clears throat> when they had those financial difficulties over the years, that academy must have kept them afloat. Because they must they have saved some, them, yeah. Some big money for some some of those players, and Absolutely. I think that should be a lesson to all football clubs. Like your academy is so important, not just for producing players to sell, but you know, if you do hit problems whether it's injury problems and you need to rely on those academy players in your first team or whether you do hit financial uh, issues and you've got to sell your first team players or some of your better first team players and you can bring those academy players forward is so important and I do feel like some of the top clubs at the moment uh, maybe neglect their academies a little bit but I'm not sure about that. Yeah, it's just uh, it frustrates me that one. Um, James Costley and uh, Will and a couple of other people said, uh, "What was it like playing at Ninian Park?" Ninian Park, where's that? Cardiff. <laughs> In Cardiff, of course. Yeah, that changed name. Um, it was great. Um, I, I loved all the the sort of grounds where you could where you could come and have connection with the supporters. Uh, and that was one of them. Um, the, the bigger, bigger stadium like Old Trafford, you sort of lost the connection. It was just a big buzz around it, and and so sort of, I like the the grounds you uh, you went to in uh, in the the first round of the League Cup. If you played a, a, a sort of a League Two team and uh, on a Tuesday night in floodlights. That's that's proper football for uh, yeah. for me, and, and connect with the uh, the sort of uh, the stadium and and uh, the supporters. So uh, in Indian, uh, that was one of the stadiums that I, I could uh, I remember feeling that uh, that connection. And it's all about atmosphere as well, though, isn't it? You know, I mean, we spoke uh, tirelessly about um, the new stadiums had to come in because football had to evolve. It had to get bigger. And the only way to do that is by, because certain stadiums, and the Dell's one of them, that it couldn't, it was in an area where it couldn't get as big as it needed to get. Um, so football yeah. had to evolve and move on. And But the old stadiums had such charisma, um, yeah. atmosphere. Um, yeah, I, 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 that's the, that's one thing I do miss, you know what I mean? Because I, we spoke about now, uh, but what's going on in the world, Klaus? How... How would you cope personally playing in front of no no fans? Would would it would it be okay? Would you be able to get on with it? You know, I mean, I've said personally that it'd be like playing in a a Pontins League reserve game, and and uh, and I, I think I'd struggle. I'll be honest. Well, what's your question, Andy? If, in with I, COVID, so if if you were playing with uh, oh, no yeah, supporters like, now, in like, well, yeah. I, I would find it difficult. I think um, looking at the games today, I think uh, one of the uh, the main things for me uh, was to come out there with with the adrenaline kick of mm. having a full stadium to to feel that bus to 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 have that enormous adrenaline kick of, of of performing in front of so many people and to lose that overnight and and there's no one there uh, you feel you feel you lost the importance of uh, what that's why we discussed earlier uh, the importance of the supporters. Um, and without supporters, uh, we sort of, yeah, we sort of great footballers, but we, you've lost the main thing for me, and that's uh, supporters. Yeah, agree, 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 agree. Hundred percent. Um, Klaus, just before you go, then I'm gonna just pick a couple of questions um, from the live chat. Uh, Cage Childs asked, uh, "Do you prefer the Dell or St Mary's Stadium?" 
Well, I love the Dell. I think that had so much charisma and so much. Uh, uh, yeah, there was so much history in the walls of the Dell, uh, and everyone hated to uh, come and play there. Um, and I, I remember the first, my first season there when we beat Manchester United six three at the Dell. Uh, it was one of the the highlights of, of my career. Well, that was it was just an unbelievable game. Uh, so the Dell was was fantastic, but obviously we grew out of the Dell. Um, we we uh, like you said, Andy. We 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 couldn't have built uh, a bigger stadium where it was, so we had to move. Um, so St Mary's it became our fortress, but it took some took some time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Andy's dad asked, uh, "What's your favourite Only Fools and Horses sketch?" <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's not like my dad asking relevant questions. Uh, no, it's uh, it's so many. Uh, but obviously, when Delbar falls over in the bar, is one of the uh, the greatest. Yeah. Uh, Iconic, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I watched. I watched that. Was it to Hollenbach? I, I, I love that one. It's a bit long winded. Yeah, but it's it's uh, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it makes me laugh thinking about yeah. it. It's great. Um. I was trying to find there was another really good question. I forgot. I to all those remember. Cardiff, to all those Cardiff fans, by the way, Leeds are Leeds are taking a beating. By the way, they're getting beat two 0 by West Ham already. Well, that's uh, mm. that's all right for us, actually. Yeah, it is a good, it is a good result. Yeah, um, West Ham, it's unbelievable. Yeah, they're doing. Right. I've got a question on Southampton. Actually, where do you think? What do you think Southampton's ceiling is in the Premier League in the current uh, current era? Because they've been quite impressive in short bursts. They haven't quite been able to get a, a long run of consistency, but they've been pretty good at, at times. Well, I think uh, I've got a lot of faith in uh, in Ralph and uh, his philosophy of, of playing football. I, um, It's not many managers who will stay at their job after not only once, but twice losing 9-0. Uh, but what what he's done for the club, I, I think it's still uh, it's still great. Uh, I think where we are now, we after a run of plays who's um, who's been very tough. Obviously, we got a win at the weekend, but um, I still think because of where we are now, and because of. Uh, so many injuries and, and suspensions we've we've had, and a, a few decisions against us. Uh, I uh, I support Ralph all the way, um, but saying that, obviously, we need the bigger squad of players, no doubt about it. Um, but his his style of play and what he stands for, um, I I support that 100. percent Excellent. And uh, so, last question uh, then, uh, Klaus. Sorry, I just wanted to ask, um, or uh, someone else has asked in the chat, I think it might have been Andy's dad actually. Um, who do you think is the greatest Norwegian footballer of all time? You sat here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> no, I'm, jo- I'm, I'm joking. I'm uh, the greatest footballer of all time. Um, it's difficult to. to uh, um, name one really because in different eras of of the game uh, looking back obviously uh, I think John Carew Jonana Risa Ole Gunnar Solskjaer uh, when we had sort of 
20 Norwegian players in, in playing in the Premier League. Mm. Uh, we had a lot of good players at the time. Uh, but today, um, I think the raw talent of, um, of uh, Mr. Holland in Dortmund is, uh, is, is one of the, the best sort of talents and, uh, I've ever seen. Uh, we've, we got Martin Odegaard is coming to Chelsea now to to Arsenal now, who's been a great prospect for for many many years. Went to the biggest club in the world, Real Madrid. It's not really uh, planned out as as um, he was hoping or everyone was uh, was uh, looking forward to. So, um, but I think uh, yeah, Holland is is. Uh, an unbelievably prospect, and uh, his goal-scoring record already is uh, is outstanding. Uh, but I think the biggest footballing name, obviously, is the Manchester United manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, mm. will yeah. be uh, will be the main one. Is um is Tor- is is Tor- Holland? Tor- Tor- Andre Flo is is another one. I think yeah, is good player. Really good to, player. Uh, be recognised. Yeah. Close is uh, is Holland better than his dad? Who? It's oh, yeah. Better than, better than <laughs> Miles better. Miles better. He put some on social ta- media about that. Uh, Alfie, his tackling is a lot better. Defensively, yeah, I think his dad is, <laughs> is, uh, is better. But in uh, every other game of the, uh, uh, of the game, he's, uh, his son is... Uh, yeah. But he's, he's had a huge influence of uh, his career, oh, obviously. Yeah. Totally. Totally agree, totally agree. But Klaus, listen, um, I don't think we've had a guest on here who's been as honest as you've been. Um, uh, we haven't had a guest on here who's who's as positive as you have. You've been, you've been an absolute star, and uh, I really appreciate your time. And um, and if 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 I Si or the show or anybody can help uh, with anything in the future, please don't hesitate to ask. Because you've been a, a great guest, and uh, and we would love to have you back on one day for sure. Thank you. It will be a pleasure to come back on. No problem at all. Great speaking to you guys. Absolutely. Thanks, Klaus. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, Klaus. Change that. What a honest chat, mate. That was um, that was that was something that was that was scary. I'll be honest. That was. That was uh, can I just firstly can I just apologise to everybody? Um, I was um, I was like a. I was like a super fan asking all my questions. I know I got a little bit of stick in the group chat by a few people who said to take the mic off me. But I think when you when you get in a when you get in a in a conversation with somebody and 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 somebody says something and you and you've got to you, you hear the follow up and you hear um, certain things. I think sometimes it's just got to be um, you've got to dig you've got to dig deep yourself because some of the questions wouldn't dig as deep as you're going to ask. And yeah. some of the things he said, I didn't expect him to say. Some of the things that. How open he was! I wouldn't expect him to be that open. I know, I know, I know. I've read certain things in the BBC, which I read this afternoon, um, in some certain interviews he's done. But some people have these have these interviews with the big, um, uh, with the big companies, and that's why they do it with them because they're exclusive. Where for me now, he's just given us everything and more into his life, his football career, his family, his personal life. It must be. Uh, do you know what? What a, what a cracking fella! What a cracking fella! Absolutely, mate. Top draw. And I think, um, like, this is. I was going to say earlier on when you mentioned it, when you were talking about the show and stuff, and 
how we sort of change the format and that is I think why it's grown and why it's so enjoyable for us and for for people who watch it and listen to it and download it and whatever is <clears throat> you get to you get access to players and you can ask them questions in real time and we're talking about all this different stuff whether it's football or, or their problems which they've had over the years or whatever it may be um, it can be anything and it's not like if you do an interview with Sky or you do an interview with TalkSport or BBC or whoever it's very uh, formatted they say the same if they, if they speak to their, all three broadcasters which I just mentioned they'll talk about the same things and they'll say yeah. pretty much word for word the same thing on all three channels whereas people and footballers and managers and whoever we have on here they'll come on you have, you have an intro and then it's a conversation and it'll go where it goes and I yeah. think that's what people appreciate because they see you see the real person you mm. see like people will talk about what they want to talk about when it's a conversation. Do you know what I mean? Like, like you said about like you you hijacked it, which you did. You completely ruined the show. You <laughs> but apart from that, no, but like, but it's that's just the way the conversation went. I've done it before, and some, because it'll be something which the guest will say or you will say, and it just triggers something within yeah. you, and you think, oh yeah, and I'll say that, and I'll say this, and like Donna said, it's because it's not scripted, and like. Mm. The fact is, I would defy anyone to find footballers doing those sorts of interviews anywhere else. Mm. Listen, sir, we've yeah. we, we, we've had we've had we've had. I can't remember how many how many how many live shows we've had. Um, how how many guests we've had uh, at the beginning? We tr we tried to script it. Um, I'll be honest. We, we we tried to have a have an order and have a question and start at the beginning of the career and finish at the end. And I don't know if people remember. At the start, when we first got a few guests, our first couple of guests on, but we we did it and we didn't enjoy it. We didn't enjoy the fact that it was it was it was it was monogamous. It was it was boring. Yeah, and that's why we couldn't get questions from the viewers because someone would ask a question in the middle of the career, and we weren't at that point of at the end yeah. of the career, and we weren't at that point. So it was it was difficult. Where now, for me, it's up to the it's up to the guest and the viewers to find the information that they want out. And for, for all we do, and all I did tonight was. I listened to a point which I found interesting, and then I, I attacked that point and got the answer which I was looking for because I, I knew exactly what I wanted here tonight. I knew it. I, I got I got I got more. I got more than I needed. I got I got I got so much information from Klaus. It was it was scary because I knew all the interviews that I'd done, all the information that I'd given out to other people, and um, we got honesty. We've got a new venture coming up with Southampton, which I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep a close eye on. Um, and uh, and yeah, I just I really hope I really hope it, it works out for him because do you know what this this I love doing this because because of what's just happened tonight and it's 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 great. Look, Craig says there he says the best part is the diverse guests you have. Initially, I only tuned in when it was someone I knew, but now uh, more interested in people I don't know. And I think we've discussed that like in private, mate. Mm. Is sometimes yeah. we've had guests and we've thought, oh, this is going to be a like a a good show this is going to do a lot of views or downloads or whatever this is going to be really mm. a good one and then it'll be good it'll be all right it'll be a really interesting show and everything will go you know perfectly fine it's interesting it's enjoyable but it won't perhaps do as many views as what we thought mm. it would do beforehand and then we've had other guests where maybe they're not as well known and they've you know yeah, blown everybody yeah, and blown and everybody yeah, away and yeah. there's been more yeah. comments and more interaction yeah. it's just one of those things mate and it's, it's yeah. and 
I go back to what Donna said, like it's not scripted, it's just conversation and the conversation goes where it goes. Um, a few people have said, am I feeling better? No. Gaz said, I, I saw a comment, he said, I look rough. Yeah, I'm not feeling great, but there we go. It is what it is. Um, and also, but we nearly, asked, we nearly, we nearly didn't, we nearly... We nearly we didn't have we nearly didn't have side today. Um, this was going to be uh, this morning. We had a we had a good chat that, um, um, and this is size downfall. Uh, health's more important than um, than the show, believe it or not. Um, your own well being, really, health. I really, really hope it is. he's not watching. It I'm is, but um, I, I was gonna. I, I nearly nearly was gonna uh, do it on my own for the first time, uh, which I do hope never happens. By the way, but if it does, I do hope that everyone's very kind and nice and. And helps and supports, but um, it, it is what it is. It, it's 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 something that we that we work together on. It's something that we've that we've done for we've done since day one. And I think because we've done it for that 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 long and that many times, it's it's natural. It won't be the same. I don't, I don't, yeah, I, 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 but I think like the important thing for me was when I spoke to you this morning is I like I didn't want to cancel it like last minute. So I the reason why I was like right, we got to have some sort of plan whereby if I can't do it, what are we going to do? Because I don't want to, number, first and foremost, don't want to cancel on the guest, whoever it is, because yeah. I don't like it when people have done that to me about interviews at the last minute where there's something comes up. So I certainly wouldn't want to do it with someone else, uh, particularly with, you know, with a live show then when you've got people who watch, we got people who watch every week mid and they give up their time to watch our shows, multiple shows. So, that was it. Was never a case of it. I think it was going to be cancelled. It was whether I was going to be able to do it. Uh, but mm. and I even I said to you this morning, like I probably have to have my like my my leg hanging off for me to not do it. To do it in the <laughs> hospital bed or something. So get get, uh, get uh, Geron's just asked. Let's get Andy's dad on as, as a guest. Let me yeah, let me just we'll let, do, me, let, let me just let me just put one thing out there. My dad struggles with Skype. And dad, if you're still watching. Skype's got a little bit better. We we tried to have a Skype conversation. The other dad, tell me, tell tell the viewers if I'm if I'm if I'm wrong here. And I know I'm not. We um we had a Skype conversation as we do nearly every Sunday. Um, oh my, it was like pulling teeth. We must have rang each other about fifty times just trying to have a have a conversation with each other. It was just, it wasn't me by the way. I'm I'm all right on so I'm all right on all these technical stuff now because size taught me. So it's me dad's fault. My dad's rubbish. He would never so, get on. Um, yeah, GD Parry says, are we ever going to get a show with Andy and Kevin? Gigi Parry, you, you got to realize that's already happened. Yeah, come on. I'm sure. Uh, listen, it, it, I think it's. I think um, it's a different show to what yeah. it was back then. We spoke. Um, we spoke about. Um, we spoke about things that we're, that we're, that we're planning. Um, we've had a we've had a brief conversation and and a, no. and a brief conversation about things that we think you might like, um, the viewers, and we we are obviously thinking about a show in the summer for the Euros. Obviously, myself being English, and obviously we're going to win the Euros, and Cy being Welsh, they're not going to win the Euros, and Kev being Scottish, and they're definitely not going to win the Euros. There might be a, a show which we can have a bit of fun. It'd be and a, a bit of an um, interesting dynamic. Yeah, it? yeah, I think so. And, 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 to, and to, to, to have a laugh and a joke about football in general, the Euros, but also have that serious aspect about an expert who's watched that country. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we'll, all, we'll all try and watch the game, but... I'll watch the Wales game and the, and the Scotland game as, a, as as somebody who's watching it as a as a, as, a, as a fan. Whereas if I'm watching the England game, I'll critique every single pass and every single moment of the game, like you do with your own country, you know. So it's a, you watch the game differently. 
Um, right, Leslie's asked the same question now twice. So he's not happy. So uh, basically, <laughs> he Leslie, he's, he's asking what's about women. I um, died. Oh. My back's been playing up. I, I, uh, I, uh, I had a bit of a, an issue on Saturday, and um, I was basically laid up for the weekend, and I was struggling a bit. So I just, I gotta be careful, basically. And uh, I've been overdoing it a little bit lately, really. Let's be honest. But there we go. That's what, what I like to do. But um, so, mate, what I want to do. To kind of just finish off last fifteen minutes or so, is um, obviously we'll we'll answer any questions if they come up, um, but uh, I, I wanted to do a tell me why because there was a couple of uh, interesting things, but we didn't want to do them at the start of the show because obviously we knew we only had Klaus for about an hour, so I didn't want to take up too much time talking about you know just general football and stuff, um, so we will do we'll do two definitely maybe three. But um, let's get into them. Um, so the first question for you, mate, is uh, Anthony Martial yesterday was outstanding. Uh, top quality. Mm. Why Why isn't he able to keep the, to sustain that? Because if he played like that, say, eight times out of ten, he'd be one of the best strikers in the world. But he just doesn't seem to, he is still young, but he doesn't seem to be able to maintain it. Um, rather than give you 60 seconds, mate, let's just discuss it. Like, why do you think um, it is? I don't think it helps that he doesn't play week in, week out, I'll be honest. You know what I mean? At, at the minute, it's it's either him and Cavani swapping places. I do think that Oli does seem to prefer Cavani up front and, and the speed demons behind. Whereas the tactics yesterday, anybody who watched the Manchester derby will have seen for themselves that the three, the three up front of Martial, um, Rashford and James with pace destroyed the best defence in the Premier League. Absolutely destroyed them. They couldn't handle them. And that was the first minute till the last. Is that's the, way that, the way that Oli set his tactics up and he set his tactics up quite negatively for me this season mm-hmm. in, certain, in certain games. You know what I mean? For a, for a, for a team who um, doesn't concede a lot but doesn't score many you know what I mean yesterday I thought they were fantastic going forward and it, it was two going on three four and five and when you've got someone like Fernandez, what does he need in front of him for me he needs runners and you don't get any better runners than, than those three I've just mentioned and that's Martial you know what I mean does he does he need to see a big six foot four centre forward in front of him like Cavani no he needs somebody who's going to run on the shoulder and Martial scares defenders side. you know what I mean what is he 23 24 um if he can, if he can get this consistency in his game, and um, and he can take that up to another level, France will be formidable for the next five, ten years because of players like him. Because they're going to have the midfielders, they're going to have the wide men. Um, you know, I mean, you've got your King, Kingsley Comans, for example. You've got your Griezmanns, um, you've got your Paul Pogba's. Um, you know, I mean, France just just Mbappe. churn out player Mbappe. They churn out player after player, but they need. The players to fight for places and go with it. You know what I mean? For them to have that sustainability. And for me, if Oli can keep him in the summer, it'll be a. I think it'll be a big thing. Um, it'll be a big statement. But he's only going to keep him if he's playing him because Martial wants to play. He wants to play week in, week out. He doesn't want to be a, a, a player this game and play that game or play the big games. You know what I mean? Players want to play all the time. You know what I mean? If, if he's going to win something this year, he's got to play. And he needs yeah. to play. And I think um, with Martial. I think I think he's better when he plays off the left rather than as a central striker. And I think there's a bit of a there seems to be a bit of a disagreement in terms of where they think whether he's a number nine or whether he's like at a left left sided forward. I think he's better off the left. 
Um, Solskjaer, if he can work out a way to... But they all can't play, play though, though so, so can't no. they all can't play. But then you've got to rotate him, haven't you? Like, mm. I don't think it's a bad thing to have a Cavani or an, a, another striker if they don't sign him permanently. And then you rotate the three behind of your, and you've got Greenwood, Rashford, Martial and James. Like, that's a good four to rotate in three yeah. positions because you can't play every game. No, so no, need, you agree. They do need, I still believe they need a striker. They either need to decide, right, Cavani's our striker, we're playing him nine times out of ten up front. Or they need to go and sign a striker. They should have signed Haaland when they had the chance and they faffed about over a couple of million in agents' fees and they look stupid now. But... With Solskjaer, he has to work out a way to play against teams who don't attack. Because when he plays against Liverpool, when he plays against Man City, when he plays in Europe, when teams attack United, he takes them to pieces because he likes he sets up a team like yesterday to play on a counter-attack. They've got all these pacey players, and then they've got Fernandes, McTominay, and um, Pogba, and all these players who can, who can pick a pass. Yeah. That's great. If you do what Crystal Palace did and a couple of other teams recently and just sit back and happy to take a point, that's when they struggle. When they've got to play in front of the opposition, they struggle. If you're going to go and play an attack United, I think you're going to struggle. Um, and my, my second question was um, sort of linked to that, but more linked to Man City, is, look, they're 11 points clear. I'd say it's pretty safe bet Man City are going to win the league. But... If anyone could catch him and you had to pick one team, there was a gun to your head, you had to pick one team that's going to catch him, who would you think, who would you pick out of the teams at the moment? Uh, if I had to pick one team on current form, I'd probably pick Chelsea. If I had to pick one team, mm. but, I, I, but I believe they're too far behind to get close, yeah. you know what I mean? So it, it would probably have to be United. I know, I know it's only four points. Um, but it's still four points, and that's still two wins. You know what I mean? And yes. and, and, and you stick two it's wins. That's thir- behind, that's thirty. Yeah. That's thirty games. So it's you know what I mean. United are the are the best possible players, but West Ham winning, Chelsea winning, um, Leicester won again. Um, Leicester Tottenham been consistent though. Yeah, Tottenham Tottenham win Tottenham winning. It it, it, it makes the Premier League quite um, exciting again. Um, it's it's. I'm more no interested in the top yeah, four than I am. No one's the rest really of the no. You know, I mean, no one's really running away. You know, I mean, Man City they are they are ahead nine points ahead. If they can lose a couple of games, it might make it a little bit more interesting. But for me, I said we do a Championship show, and the Championship show was um, is exciting. You know, I, mean, I know we're going to dig deep in it, but there's a few people have asked a question, say about. Um, about Swansea game at the weekend, and I want to put a few things. I'd like to put a few things to bed on that one because um, I've been a, an ex Middlesbrough player, current Middlesbrough fan. I was absolutely outraged on Saturday, um, and outraged with what I saw in the first minute, of the second half. If anybody, if anybody saw Middlesbrough's goal when got disallowed, I, I, I've, I've never seen anything like it. It was Balassi took a short corner. Um, he drove in the box. Uh, he was just about to uh, kick the ball to, um, to 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 Sam Morsey on the edge of the box and, and Bowler edge of the box. He he laid it off to uh, to Bowler. As he laid it off, he got kicked by the defender. The ref <laughs> Bowler as Bowler smashed it in the top corner. The referee's blown his whistle and give a free kick to Swansea. Bear in mind, it was a penalty in the Middlesbrough. If it was a foul, it's a penalty in the Middlesbrough. The ball's already in the net to give it. It's a goal. Um, you know, I mean, people are harping on about the penalty. Um, Yes, soft. Yeah, it was a little bit soft. But 
Savile's an international footballer. He's dived in in the box in ninety seventh minute. You don't do that. You know what I mean? You give the referee a decision to make, and he's he's made a he's made a decision. Yes, he's given a corner. The referee, he's he? given a corner, but it's, for me, it's a it's it's a potential foul. So he's he's given it. He's under pressure. He's given it. You know what I mean? If there was fans there, he would have given it because the whole of the, the Liberty Stadium would have would have, would have cried out for it. So for me, don't give the referee a decision to make. If he didn't dive in, he wouldn't have given the penalty. So you know what I mean? For me. The decision was the was the equaliser, which which Middlesbrough would have got the would have got the result anyway, and probably would have gone gone to win the game because we had the dominant side. Some of the refereeing in the championship over the last uh, month or two has been has <laughs> been dire. Shiab- it's been dire. Diabolical. Been dire. It's uh, absolutely dire. New word. Um, Gaz yeah. sent in a super chat. Um, thanks, Gaz. He says um, uh, he says why Ace Podcast Nation the name uh, basically. Uh, I don't even know that. I don't even know that. Ace is what I refer. I refer to my kids by number because it got so many. Um, no, I, um, <laughs> I, I do. I, so yeah, he's got eleven. If I write, if I like, if we write a card from the kids or something, or they write a card, they just write Ace because it's their initials. So we and we've always kind of referred them to them that. And I wanted something like that without putting their names in it. Um, initially, it was it was right at the start. It was called Ace Podcast Network. But there was someone else who's already got that, so I decided I needed to change it up a bit. I quite liked the Ace Podcast something, so I decided with Ace Podcast Nation, and it worked all right because then someone I can't even remember who it was. It might have been Johnny Wish came up with uh, the Ace Nation Army, which was like a play on um, that White Stripe song Seven Nation Army, and I just quite liked that. And so that's where, that's where that come from. It's nothing too exciting. It's just the I think I, I think we could I think we could my kids. We could change it as well if you didn't want to do that. We could always just say it's um, it stands for Andy Campbell's excellent podcast nation yeah. host. Yeah, I could probably think of something else. Andy <laughs> is. <laughs> you need to put a few uh, a few other letters in there. Yeah. And and Campbell. No, I, 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 well, everything which I was thinking is just like obscene. Andy Campbell Enterprises. Is what uh, Craig says, but uh, I like it. No, that's it. Yeah, Sounds right. good. It's, uh, it's never too it. exciting. Just um, is what it is. Um, did you see the assistant referee in the Paris Saint PSG versus Istanbul game? Um, so he's been the fourth, Romanian fourth official has been suspended. Um, is this, the, ra- is this the racism? racism um, I believe it was that one. I'm just having a quick read up now. Yeah, I've just seen it. But yeah, uh, he was basically reprimanded, not suspended uh, initially. Uh, he's now been suspended till the end of the season for. Uh, but can you believe that? So is, he, so is he guilty then? They don't, as usual. UEFA make no like clear, defining statement. Um, so the one assistant has been reprimanded, but no suspension. The the guy who said the term has been suspended till the end of the season. That the wording is just UEFA found uh, Colastu and Sovra have breached Article eleven point one and Article six point one of its disciplinary regulations, which requires officials to behave in a professional manner and appropriate manner. That's all it says. So it's like. It doesn't say they've been found guilty of breaching this or that. It just says they've been found yeah, to have uh, breached. They always, uh, and it's, they, always, they always back their own up, don't they? Don't like that. Yeah, well, UEFA and FIFA are the same, aren't they? Whenever it yeah. comes to racism and things like that, they never mm. set a precedent. You know, don't get me wrong, I think probably a suspension to the end of the season was probably 
about right for 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 it, but they could have made um, more of a statement in terms yeah. of this is they like to me if it was my company or my organization, I would be putting a statement out saying they've been suspended to the end of the season. They've been told to do some sort of you know training about um, equality and you know all of that sort of stuff those training courses and I would have said um, as as an organisation UEFA categorically will not stand for that type of thing that type of behaviour discrimination of all kinds is not acceptable you know make it clear that yeah. you're not happy like it just seems so half-assed again yeah. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of over. No, it's poor, poor that. I don't, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Um, a couple of, couple of questions in the group. Um, the question that kids asked Andy, will you ever see the little fella Janino coming on? Oh, listen, I would love Janino to come on. I would be absolutely made up if I could get him on. Um, uh, will it happen? I'm not sure. I'm sure he's he's due to come and play in the charity game, which um, Mikhail Beck and Jan Fjortov who have said they'll come on but closer yeah. to the day because obviously you want to sell this um, this game to a lot of people um, but yeah it's that's the that's the dream that's 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 like right up there that's like one of the 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 pinnacle of what what we've what we wanted to achieve since since day one um, Donna asked could have Borough blown the playoff chances if everyone remembers Donna when I said I said on the championship show I said deciding that Middlesbrough won't make the playoffs I wish that I hope yeah. they do but I said I don't think they will I don't think they will um, and am I happy with Mendes Lang is he um, ah, he's not really playing oh. to be honest he's not he's not he's not really playing he's not he's not he's not he's not fit um, he's missed a lot of football through his 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 long term um, ban um, and uh, I. Um, I hope he can improve his performance. I hope he can get back to doing what he used to do at Cardiff City because uh, if fit flying Mendes Lang is a is a is a top top footballer. So when um, I put out a post at the start of the week saying uh, we wanted suggestions for a debate segment so uh, we could have a little debate on them, when people sent in, we had quite a lot of subjects, but that's just reminded me. Um, Matthew Angel sent in a couple of really interesting ones. Um, and it kind of links into Mendes like he said well it does one of them was out um, now that it's been made public uh, the reason Mendes Lang left Cardiff um, do you think Cardiff were right to let him go what message are Borough sending by signing someone with this track record if true uh, and basically he wants us to talk about that what I would say about it um, very quickly is when he failed the first time Cardiff should have made sure and got him help. Um, that was their responsibility as an employer the first time. The second time has happened is more problematic for me. If they gave him like an official warning, for instance, the first time, which they should have, they should have given him an official warning. They should have also made sure that he was getting some sort of counselling help because he was clearly struggling. He clearly had an issue. If a professional footballer is doing that thing, doing that stuff, they've got an issue. Because they're putting their whole career in je uh, in jeopardy, so they're not just doing it for, for shits and giggles, for lack of a better term. They've got an issue which they need to discuss, and I feel Cardiff had a responsibility. And by the way, I don't know if they did, or they didn't get him help. But I'm saying what I think. Uh, they should have got him some sort of help, counselling, whatever he needed at that f at the first point. 
given him an official warning. The second time it happens, I still don't think they should have sacked him because I think they still could they could have suspended him and then sold him in January and got a little bit of money for him as a business. But as a human being, I feel they failed him. Uh, as a business, I feel like they could have done better. What do you think, Andy Campbell? Um, I, I see it from both sides. I see your point. Um, I think the FA has got to play a bigger role. Instead of sitting and hiding behind it, um, they've got to make sure that... that because you've got, you've got to remember, he's a role model. You know, what I mean, I said this last week about um, about the about the about about the girl uh, from Charlton Athletic um, that um, these guys are role models. So Mendes Lang's a role model. So um, Mendes Lang's a role model of mine. I see him taking recreational drugs. What do I do? Mm. I potentially copy him because it's all right. I only get a six month ban or whatever he got three month ban. That's not, it's not it's not acceptable for me. You know what I mean? Because that it, it makes it acceptable for kids. It makes it acceptable for uh, for society. And for me, it's, it's got to be a stopping point. It's got to be, you know what I mean, to stop these players by yeah. d- doing it. You know what I mean? You've got to say, if you do it, this is the ban. If you do it a second yes. time, this is the ban. If you do it the third time, game over. Strike, yeah. third strike, oh, you're absolutely. out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Got to, I... It's got to be, there's got to be a deterrent. And the deterrent's got to be... Um, it's got to be got to be bigger every time. Forget about fines because fines are nothing. Because these fines players are mu- the multi multi millionaires. What, what's a what? Listen, someone someone gets fined eight, eighty thousand pounds, but he's got a million pound in the bank. Doesn't, Doesn't matter. matter. What's the point? You know, I mean, they've got to hit him where it hurts. And um, is it as it as it hurt him getting sacked by Cardiff City? It's probably affected him. Um, his confidence, um, his self esteem, his his his, his reputation. But now he's a footballer again. He's at a club. He's probably earning potentially the same, if not more, at another club. So he's probably better off. So it's for me though, mate. Like I gotta say, like, like we talk about mental health a lot. On I talk about mental health a lot, and I've done shows on addiction and stuff, and talk to people who've had addictions and things like that. Like to me, even I'm not just talking about football club, but like if I employed someone. And I found out that they had like an issue with with drinking or with drugs. Like I'm not gonna like fire them because I'd be worried that it's gonna make it worse. Like I'd only fire them at the you know the point where there's you know, there's a point in there where there's no you know you just can't get around it. This got to happen. Uh, going on what we know as fact, not like rumors and things like this. We know he failed two tests, so. Drugs I'm is talking. such a drugs is such a grey area, side because um, you, you, you get you, you get sorry, tested mate, for alcohol. You know, you said about the um, like the example to to young to other players, to young yeah. players, to kids and stuff like that. Surely, another good example is that when you see someone who's got a problem and they're struggling, it's helping them. And where we talk about mental health a lot, like what's to say if Cardiff hadn't got him help, that then he would have been able to get his you know, his life in order, he would have been able to stop doing that sort of thing and would have been able to then go on and be an even better footballer, an even better human being. Yeah. And I just I, feel like... Yeah, and I, let I, me, yeah. Can I just be clear, mate, very clear? I don't know if Cardiff City did try and get him help. I don't know if they sent him to a counsellor. I, I don't know any of that. I'm, I am speculating on that side of it. but Because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know who's tried to help him, who hasn't. So it's difficult, isn't it, to, to say for sure? 
But saying that as well, though, with uh, once he's had his result, and if the, if 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 the FA have got a positive test, then helps helps really irrelevant if he's getting suspended. If he's getting suspended, it depends depending on wording in contracts. If mm. contracts state that if you yeah, fail if a drug test, X, y, then Z, your contract's then terminated. Yeah. There's there's certain things in contracts which which terminate contracts automatically. Um, and, and things, you know. I mean, I know there's a there's a couple of group comment. There's a couple of comments in the in the in the chat side about Cardiff City players. One about Lee uh, Tomlin. Uh, one about a couple of others. We are hard, we are trying. Tell um, the story, mate. Just tell the story. We, uh, which, we listen. We've uh, we've we've got a lot of friends um, uh, at Cardiff City, um, and we've got a lot of people who uh, who would like to come on. Who've said they'd like to come on, but at the minute we're not allowed to uh, to uh, ask and get people on because we haven't got permission by by the club itself. So we're waiting for that green light, and when that green light comes, it'll be a Cardiff City fest of current players, basically who want to who, who want to come on, who've got have had an amazing careers, by the way. So, um, but I think this was this was a good few months ago when when we were um, probably just starting out, I believe, and 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 I'm not sure people thought that we were gonna. Um, we were going to uh, raise profiles and give give the players the the support and the backing that we that we give everybody else. And and for me now, my um, what I always planned was was get so many shows out, um, throw the evidence at certain people, and say, "There's your evidence. There's the shows that we've done. Look how positive they are. Look at the comments. Look how how, how amazing we are with them and with people." So all we all we want to do is raise people's profiles and, and let people tell the story. That's all we do. Yeah, I'm glad you told that story and not me, um, because I would have told a very different story. Because I got no filter, mate, and I would have just gone along. Have some, have some, have some stuff. Um, we're always working on guests. Gaz said, "Is Dalman uh, coming back on?" I'm assuming he means Mr. Mehmet Dalman. Um, I've got no filter, mate. You need to jump in and say something. Um, uh, listen, we've we, we, we've asked. Yeah, no, listen, we've uh, we've we've asked uh, certain people to come back on. Um, he's one of them, and um, and watch this space. Um, I've got. I, I do hope Cardiff City make the playoffs and make the Premier League because um, a certain yeah, show at the end of the season would be uh, would be would be very good with uh, with some it's with like some huge which would be some huge views because um, we 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 had uh, we asked Member to come on. Um, for a reason, the, the the first time. So everybody who, who, who joins us for the show, uh, we we asked um, uh, we asked Mehmet to come on to explain uh, about the book um, from from Harry Harris and uh, about the uh, about the Sala, um, what was going on, and and and, and about, about the club. So we were we were digging deep about that. We didn't really ask many many questions uh, about the club or the questions that we we, 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 we wanted we wanted to ask. Yeah, we, we obviously the, he was very honest about the club. Um, spending uh, quite a lot of money a month and losing quite a lot of money a month. What was going on? Obviously, the the club hasn't hasn't been making a lot of money, so those things might not might not change. Might have got worse, so we might get to hear some very honest answers and hopefully some interesting stuff because um, the man- managers here, well, what managers gone, yeah. um, new managers come in, so. There'll be certain questions and, 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 and things that I want to ask. I want I want some answers for because you know I mean for me the club's in great hands. Uh, the club's going places uh, and, and let's see. Hopefully for a positive end of the yeah. season for a, for a quality show. 
Um, so, Reese said he'll only come on if things are going well. Um, he came on last time. He came on last time. They weren't going well. We're not going well. All I can say is um, that's not the case, and all I can say is that we will have him on at some at some point at the end of the season. Um, define define doing well, Lord. Define define doing well. Because in fairness, we we weren't doing very well when he came on, and I, like no. we didn't know what to expect. Like I had spoken to him on the phone, and I had been sort of texting back and forth with him. We didn't know what to expect when he came on the show. Like, he doesn't do very much media. He speaks to Wales online now and again. That's about it. And we didn't know, like, how much he was going to give us. We didn't know if he was going to be sort of quite PR-like and sort of dodge some questions. But he didn't. He gave honest answers to everything, not just about, like, the book and the, and the Sala stuff, but he, and he gave us a lot of stuff which I didn't expect him to necessarily go into with that. But he also, when we asked him about the finances of during lockdown, the first, because obviously it was around the first lockdown, like he gave us figures of how much the club was losing and stuff like that. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I I I like I, straight away I would like to ask him about Neil Harris. I'd ask like to ask him about um, Mendes Lang. And I'd like to ask the question of, did the club offer help before they went down the route of, you know, the second time and then sacking him? So it'd be really interesting to get that sort of stuff on, um, get get some interesting interesting conversation going. Um, Stuart Campbell, your dad, says, in my opinion, the more popular you become, the less likely the club is to approve any interviews with current players. So, like... I don't want to put my foot in it, so I, 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 I'm, no, try, I, I'm trying not to talk about that because I do. Um, I, 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 I understand. I do. I do understand. I do understand this point. I do understand that. Um, but but at the same at the same time, I think I think it's um, I think because it was new and um, nobody knew nobody knew how how it how it looked how it was, um, and now because it's and for me anybody who watched the Sky Sports podcasts stroke interviews over over lockdown there's no difference for me you know what i mean with the with the way that we, we the, not we didn't copy by the way because we were already set up the same the, the the way that we were doing it but there was a lot of similarities in in other podcasts which were happening at the same time and for me people the evidence is there the evidence is on social media the evidence is on the is is, is all over the place that, that that we had all these things in place so for me mm-hmm. we're in a good place uh, with 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 people who want to come on um, some people get in touch with us and ask us that they want to they want to discuss something or they want to tell their story because some yeah. people a little bit like Klaus that um, good things are happening or bad things have happened and they want people to know about certain things so it's um, it's important that yeah. we um, that we get that their point across as well. I think uh, that, and that's something to say as well is like the show the channel like people are contacting us as well now whereas before we were very much sort of week to week trying to find guests whereas now we're booking weeks and weeks in advance and stuff like that it's um so you know that's play you know we take pride and pleasure from that and like i think any football club when it comes to current players and i don't mean cardiff necessarily um they will be careful where they allow their players to do interviews because i know um there was another club which 
told another podcast that they couldn't have play current player because they were critical of the team. Whereas I feel like we're not about one specific team. Even the championship show, we're not just about Cardiff or Borough or whoever. We just talk about the championship and whatever happens on the weekend before. So I don't feel like we fall into that category. Plus, technically, the championship show is separate from the football show. So the show where we're getting the guests on Monday is completely different. Whereas back before, obviously, we only had the one show and yeah. it was a kind of... It started off a championship show, mm. then it was a bit of a mix. And then now it's evolved into something mm. completely separate, really. But listen, um, Sai, though, the, the, the championship show from, is... It's fact. It's all facts. We're working on facts. So working on we're working on the results. What are happening on a Saturday, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, on a Friday, or whatever it is they're getting played. And we're talking about, or we've talked about, Cardiff underachieved. Should the manager? That, that's that's our own opinion. It's 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 not something that we we would discuss with 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 with, with people. If people want to, who's the best manager you've worked under? That's that's their opinion. It was the worst manager I worked under. That's my opinion. You know what I mean? If someone asked me, you ask me now, who's the best manager I worked under? Well, could be could be Brian Robson because he's like a father. Forget me. It was the worst manager mm-hmm. I worked under. Dave Jones because I don't like him. But that's just it's just that's just my opinion. You know what I mean? I, I, and I, I've, never, way, I've never I've never I've never hidden that I've never hidden that fact. Very though. hard to get Dave Jones on. Um, I'm open. I'm open. I'm open. Andy has never said to me. Don't get, I don't want to have Dave Jones on. He's never said that about anyone. But like, listen, we're talking about now. I've right? said to you multiple times, haven't I? Let's get yeah. Dave Jones on. So we eventually mm. got a way of to contact mm. him. To put um, this one, to put that one to bed. I, I, um, I like, I love talking football. I love talking football of people who've been successful. He had, a, he had a very good football career himself. Um, amazing. He's had an amazing, amazing managerial career. Um, Wolves, Southampton, Cardiff City, one of the most one of the most successful managers in Cardiff City's history. You know what I mean? So I'm not I'm not I would never sit on here with him on as a guest and 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 and, and, and slag him off or say anything derogatory towards him. You know what I mean? For me, my issue was always personal. And and that, and that, and that would but I, I'm professional. I'm professional when it comes to this. I'm professional uh, when it comes to everything everything that I do and I'm, I'm the best. I would never jeopardize or ruin anything. I'd love him to come on. Um, because I think I think it would be great viewing for everybody, because yeah. just for the start and the start alone, because how I would handle it and how he would handle it would be two and separate how I would things. Laugh. <laughs> and I'd, it would be it would be it would be, it'd be amazing. I mean, do you know what? And, and I, I would think still it would, introduce you as David Jones's favourite son. Sire, I think it would put I would put a few it, it potentially would put a few demons to bed for both. Because I think it I think, would help you, mate. I do. I think it, I would, would, it would be relevant for me. I think because I've got no regrets. No, I don't mean like help you in no like regrets. some big way. I just I think that, like, you haven't spoken to him since whatever whatever year. I haven't spoken to him since the day I left. I've not, I've not I mean, spoke, like, you know what I mean? And, it, and, 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 uh, and, yeah, I think, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm just guessing, but I'm sure that tweet will, uh, will find its way to the surface <laughs> that week. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> but, um, yeah. It is what it is. I enjoy having these little chats every now and again where we just um, we just you know, just talk around and all that. But um, it's uh, it's one of them. I like this is the first show ever 
where I've had to just just watch my tongue a little bit because I nearly said something which I didn't want to say on air. So there we go. That's the first time that's ever happened ever. But there we go. Here's where it is, mate. Um, Some, sometimes all you've got to do it. You, you, and yeah, of course. You yeah, don't want to do it. You know why do it, I'm not telling that yeah. story because yeah. I want something else to happen and I don't want anything to affect it. So it's, yeah. you know, it is what it is. But as you know, it annoyed me massively. But there we go. Um, guys, thank you for tuning in as ever. Uh, I apologise I haven't been my usual jovial self. However, uh, luckily Andy just took over the show. <laughs> I mean, as well, I just sat here and just... Just, enjoy, just enjoyed the ride. Oh. Just enjoyed it. Uh, someone asked to come as we were was at, right at the start of the show. The, where's my Costa mug? Yeah, my, I dropped my Costa mug on the weekend because I was using crutches and I tried to carry my coffee, but uh, I've replaced it with this. It's a good substitute, by the way. It is a good substitute. So Costa get no more free advertising from me. Mm. I'm gonna wear. I'm. 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 I'm covering it. I'm covering it like this. So I'm just gonna. Yeah. You could just. You should get one of these, mate. Get one of these. Get one. That's good. That's good. That. Um, Rob, in answer to your question just a minute ago, no, they haven't. Um, right. That's it. Show's mm, over. That? Yeah, I just. I'll tell you in a minute. Um, We'll be back on Friday for the championship show. Uh, also, Wednesday, got a show out with uh, Cage Warriors superstar Paddy the Baddy Pimblet. And boy, oh boy, did the Scouse man have some stuff to say. It's a great name, by, It's a great name, by the way. It is an awesome name. Good. And I tell you what, mate, he, um, don't hold back. He'll just, he just got no, no filter at all. He says whatever. Um, he's really fun to talk to, though. It's really, uh, really interesting, really a lot of fun. Good interview. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, and we've got two Cage Warriors guests on next week, including the commentator ahead of the uh, three-day event, which is on the week after. So lots of big guests on all the shows. And uh, we'll have a guest next Monday. And, uh, yeah, check us out. Also, my story, Series 2, starts on Sunday. And it will definitely start this Sunday. But, uh, guys, thanks for all your questions. Thanks for all your time. Thanks for all your support. We'll be back next week. Cheers. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my auntie Louise told mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if mummy or daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and mummy and daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. Podcast Network.